Hi guys, it's me, Ty Pool, and I'm back, and I have way more questions. Things like, what are animals saying to each other? Why is space so dark? What's the science behind bullying? This season, I'm willing to go where no 7th grader has ever gone before to find you the answers. Ty asks why. Rest your eyes and prepare your ears for all new episodes of Ty Asks Why. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to White Coat Black Art, the show about medicine from all sides of the gurney. Breast cancer is the most common cancer and the second leading cause of cancer deaths among Canadian women. Preventing breast cancer, or at least catching it early, is a big deal. Hi, I'm a breast care navigator, and I'm going to show you today how to do self-breast exam. So look at your breast... You may remember learning about breast self-examination. That and regular mammograms were once considered essential for women of all ages. Over your head. Put your hands on your hips and squeeze. Last year, the Canadian Task Force on Preventive Health Care, the people who write guidelines for doctors in the provinces, updated the recommendations for screening women ages 40 to 49. The previous guidelines from 2011 recommended against women in that age group having routine mammograms. In a move intended to give women more agency, the new guidelines encourage women to discuss screening with their doctors to make a shared decision about getting a mammogram based in part on a woman's values and preferences. The task force also dropped the recommendation for self-exams. The guidelines are well-intentioned and based on scientific evidence and are also meant to guard against false positives, a significant problem which can lead to both needless anxiety as well as needless biopsies. But a small yet vocal group of breast cancer radiologists and breast cancer survivors say that the guidelines have left women confused. They say they're good at telling 40-something women what they should not do, but they leave women wondering just what they should do to stay on top of the big C. And that's a problem because one in five women who get diagnosed with breast cancer just happen to be in their 40s. Women like Lucy Van Olden-Barneveld of Ottawa. I was fit. I did a lot of, I do a lot of biking and skiing. I ate a lot of kale. Um, we don't have any history of breast cancer in the family, none. So as far as I was concerned, I was immune to getting cancer. Lucy's confidence that she was immune, as she put it, to getting breast cancer was bolstered by a normal mammogram at age 48, one that she pressed her GP to order. Then everything changed. Uh, About 18 months after that mammogram, I was doing a self-exam and I found a lump. But again, it still didn't occur to me. I was 49 by that point. And um, it was breast cancer. How surprised were you? to be diagnosed with breast cancer in your 40s? The bottom fell out of my world. I just did not see it coming, even when I felt the lump. I w- it was just so far out of my you know, impression of who gets breast cancer, especially with nobody with any risk. So I couldn't believe it. And um, When Lucy felt the lump, her doctor arranged for a mammogram. The day I went in for my mammogram, they rushed me into the ultrasound right away, biopsy on the spot. I was so lucky to get quick treatment. It, it helped both with my mental state 
and it also, you know, to, to know that things were moving along quickly, uh, physically, uh, just gave me a lot of comfort. Lucy, who works as a news anchor at CBC Ottawa, posted about her treatment on Facebook. Okay, I will be honest with you. The last round was a bit tough. It was December 30th, and it took oh, a good 10 days before I was even feeling like my normal self. And as a result, But there's more to the story. Lucy was under 50 when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Her sister Tracy also had breast cancer at age 44. I told her once somebody in the family is diagnosed, you need to get checked out. She told me she would. She's five years younger than me. Um, and she assured me that she would. But she's a single mom. She's busy. She didn't follow up. She told her doctor um, at whatever their next their next appointment was. I don't know how many months later that was, about six months. Um, I think the doctor then recognized that the risk uh, for her getting breast cancer would have gone higher. So she ordered genetic testing rather than an immediate mammogram. And again, the paperwork involved in that, you have to fill out forms and forms to be eligible. And Tracy didn't do it. She didn't do it. But neither of us really thought that that a second sister would get breast cancer. So I don't know how serious, she didn't take it that seriously until two years later. Um, she was playing with her her daughter and her daughter bumped into her breast and there was a sharp pain. And so Tracy found the lump and she rushed to the doctor right away because now this was serious. This, this hurt, this was a, a significant lump. And so she went right away for testing. And sure enough, it was breast cancer, less than two years um, after I was diagnosed. And it had spread. Yeah. It had already spread to the lymph nodes. We didn't know yet at that point that it had also spread to her bones. There are five stages of breast cancer. The higher the number, the more serious the disease. Lucy had stage three breast cancer, which was treated, and today she's cancer-free. Her sister Tracy's cancer was stage four, which means it had metastasized. Stage four cancers are treatable, but not curable. The median survival is just three years. That September, Tracy had eight rounds of chemo followed by surgery. Three months later, she felt pain in her shoulder. I remember exactly getting that phone call. I was here at work. She was screaming on the phone. She'd gotten the results of the x-ray. It had spread to her her arm already. This was six months after diagnosis. I, I, I don't even remember. Like, I, I thought I was going to pass out. It was so devastating to hear that. Um, we spent that Christmas getting tested and a bone scan and a CT scan. And we found that it was in her liver. It was in her bones. It was in her rib. And by that point, it was gaining a momentum and a speed that we never caught up to and we never recovered from. So the next 10 months was Tracy in and out of hospital and um, just trying to get on top of it, which never happened. And she died last October. I'm so sorry. Thanks. When Tracy died in October 2018, she left behind a daughter and a son. Their story is not unique. A recent study suggested that three-quarters of women in their 40s with breast cancer don't have their cancers detected at an early and more curable stage. 
A radiologist in Ottawa looks at the stories of these women and others with alarm. It's heartbreaking because it's actually quite common. We know that one in five women diagnosed with breast cancer are in their 40s. You're going to take me on a tour? Yep. I'm at the Ottawa Hospital to meet with breast cancer radiologist Dr. Jane Seeley. This is the new Rose Ages uh, Breast Health Centre of the Ottawa Hospital. It was uh, established last year. Uh, these are mammography uh, ultrasound rooms, and I'll show you... Mammograms, ultrasound, and other breast imaging are Dr. Seeley's areas of expertise. This is where they get their 3D tomosynthesis or... She diagnosed Lucy's cancer and heads up breast imaging at the Ottawa Hospital and other hospitals in the region. She's also the regional breast radiology expert for Cancer Care Ontario. We find the lesion, we put in the, le the biopsy device, and then we take the samples. Dr. Seeley is on a mission to diagnose cancers as small and as curable as possible. I have to acknowledge that every time I see a woman in her 40s or young woman with this large tumor, it actually brings tears to my eyes. Like it's, it's something that we feel powerless to, to help with, and by the time we've diagnosed it, we know that it's going to be later stage. Seely trained in breast imaging in Seattle, where screening of women in their 40s is more common. She believes the difference is crucial. I worked at a very large breast center in Seattle, and I was seeing women with early-stage breast cancer of all ages, including women in their 40s. They were usually smaller tumors, so they weren't palpable. They couldn't be felt by a clinical exam. Uh, they were less than 1.5 centimeters, typically, and they were much less likely to have spread to the lymph nodes. So these women did very well. So we would not be tending to see them being treated with a lot of chemotherapy or uh, more aggressive surgery. They were just being treated by a lumpectomy. Uh, when I came to Ottawa, I noticed more women that were... Um, uh, diagnosed with cancers that were maybe 2.5 centimeters or larger um, that had more likely spread to the lymph nodes. Uh, and so these women needed more chemotherapy and they, were, they had more aggressive disease, uh, often stage three. How often are you seeing women like that at a clinic like this? Um, every day. We do about 11 breast biopsies a day. Uh, and one day I noted that every single woman that I had biopsied that day was in her 40s. And every single woman had been uh, diagnosed, not by screening, but because they had a palpable lump and had finally come to attention. Uh, and when I asked these women, you know, did you ever, were you ever offered screening? They all said no. The women Dr. Seeley is talking about all live in Ontario. They only got mammograms and biopsies because they felt a lump. As we mentioned, the current screening guidelines put out by the Canadian Task Force on Preventive Health Care recommend that younger women not be screened. It also advises against doctors doing clinical exams for breast cancer and women doing self-exams for lumps. Ontario follows that advice, as do most provinces, but some don't. Nova Scotia follows its own guidelines that women aged 40 to 49 have annual screening mammograms. PEI's guidelines say screening is available every year through self-referral for women in their 40s. In BC, women 40 years and older can be screened without a doctor's referral. So why is there such a difference of opinion? In part, it comes down to which evidence you rely on. The task force only looks at randomized controlled trials. Those studies are considered the most accurate because the results are less biased. Dr. Seeley believes the task force should consider other kinds of evidence. 
We have these randomized controlled trials that were done over 30 years ago that were really not designed to look at screening women in their 40s versus 50s. It was to look at whether screening worked. So most of the studies were designed to look at 50 to 69 years of age, uh, and they showed a benefit. And what people have done is have extrapolated that that didn't include those women, and so therefore you can't see the benefits. But it. And so if you can't see the benefit, you don't uh, argue in favor of screening. Exactly, exactly. And we're very fortunate we have studies that show that women who are screened in their 40s do get the same benefit. So we have a very large Canadian trial called the Pan-Canadian Study that was published in 2014 that looked at women who were screened in the provincial screening programs uh, across Canada that included women in their 40s, and they had the same benefit. In fact, they had a slightly better benefit with a 44% uh, reduction, lower rate of dying from breast cancer if they were screened as compared to those who were not. Uh, and that was f- compared to 40% benefit for the women who were in the 50s. So there's the same, if not slightly better benefit from screening for women in Canada we, that we have actual evidence for. So you're saying we have Canadian data that says that women who are screened in their 40s um, uh, do better, uh, have a, have a uh, lower mortality rate, yeah. better survival. So why aren't we screening women uh, in most parts of Canada then? It's a million-dollar question. It's a question that haunts Lucy, too. Once I was diagnosed, if a mammogram was ordered right away and she had gone for that, what difference could that have made in the spread of this aggressive cancer? What, what if they could have caught it earlier? I can't help but mull that over and to just, to just think that it couldn't, it couldn't have but made a difference if something had happened earlier. You think she would have been alive today had had she had that mammogram when she was 44 and when you were diagnosed with breast cancer? You know, that's always a tough thing to answer. And maybe this form of aggressive cancer would have always taken her. But maybe we would have gotten a few more years. Or maybe we would have gotten the cancer early. I don't know, but it, it is a question. We as a family have about screening and about the importance of making mammograms available to women in their 40s. Like if you if you asked me, I could name you eight women I know off the just off the top of my head who were diagnosed with breast cancer in their 40s, a few in their 30s. So why why wouldn't you have protocols to test women in their 40s for breast cancer? I just I don't it doesn't compute. But it does compute for the Canadian task force for two reasons. One is those randomized clinical trials we mentioned before concluded that screening women in their 40s does not reduce the chance of dying from breast cancer. The other is that mammograms pick up lots of what doctors call false positives, areas that appear abnormal and need to be biopsied, yet don't turn out to be cancers. The task force says those false positives cause women in their 40s needless anxiety. Dr. Seeley looks at it differently. I can tell you every woman who I've spoken to who after the fact have had a, had a like a false positive recall, you know, it turned out to be a cyst or they had a biopsy and it was a fibroadenoma. They're so relieved that it's not cancer and they never feel angry for having been 
uh, falsely alarmed. They're just actually very relieved that they don't have a cancer and they're more likely to continue with screening. The women who are the angriest, who I've spoken to, are the ones who had the misdiagnosis, where they, they, they did not have the benefit of early detection. And those are the women who, who feel that they have not been well served by our system. It's very difficult to tell a woman, you know, if you had had a screening mammogram two years earlier, you likely would have had this picked up earlier. But it's, but they, they, that's the anger that they feel. It's like they want to have an early diagnosis. So the anxiety of the false alarm is something that I do not see anger or, or uh, frustration at that. There's frustration and there's also confusion about another of the latest task force recommendations, that 40-something women not do breast self-exams to check for lumps. Lucy Van Olden-Barnevelt says she found her breast cancer through self-examination. Where would I be today without self-examination? That seems absurd uh, to to recommend against that. I am proof that breast self-examination made a huge difference for me. So if if the recommendations say no mammograms in your 40s and no self-examination, I don't understand what the recommendation is given that we are talking today about women who have found breast cancer in their 40s. Is it wait till you have a big lump and hope that it's not stage four? I mean, that seems like a, a, a reasonable conclusion. I can't reconcile those, those recommendations. We invited a member of the Canadian Task Force on Preventive Health Care to appear on the show. They declined. But in an email, Dr. Brett Toombs, Task Force Chair-Elect, said this. The task force conducted extensive and careful systematic review of the best possible evidence on breast cancer screening. Our guideline recommends that women have the information they need to make the decision that is best for them. It does not prescribe against or for screening for any women. Indeed, our mammography recommendations are conditional on women's values and preferences. Hi guys, it's me, Ty Pool, and I'm back and I have way more questions. Things like, what are animals saying to each other? Why is space so dark? What's the science behind bullying? This season, I'm willing to go where no 7th grader has ever gone before to find you the answers. Ty asks why. Rest your eyes and prepare your ears for all new episodes of Ty Asks Why. You're listening to White Coat Black Art. One in five women who get breast cancer are in their 40s current guidelines say women in that age group who are at low risk of breast cancer should not have regular mammograms or do breast self-exams. Seven provinces follow those guidelines. Three provinces allow women in their 40s to get screened without seeing their health care provider. One of those provinces is British Columbia. Hello, my name is Colin Marr. I'm the medical director for the BC Cancer Breast Screening Program. Can you see that? Yeah, I can. You want to go to the decision aid? Here at BC Cancer in Vancouver, Dr. Colin Marr walks me through an interactive website developed here that tells 40-something women their risk of getting breast cancer in easy-to-understand language. It's just a short list of questions. It's six questions. Uh, the first is just how old you are. So let's just say she's 42. Okay, so we're going to enter 42 here. And then the, the website asks six basic questions, things like how old you are. Do you have any close relatives with breast cancer? Have you ever had a mammogram before? Have you ever been diagnosed with breast cancer yourself? No. Okay, so I'm going to say no. 
based on the answers, it calculates both the risk of getting breast cancer and of having a false positive. And you can see here for the uh, variables that we just entered, that's a 0.2% chance. So two times out of a thousand will that screening mammogram lead to a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, so at the bottom we show our 800 number where you can access um, uh, our clerks who can assist with booking a mammogram. Uh, Women across Canada can visit the website and use the decision aid. With policy change, one of the things we really want to avoid is confusion. We want to make it clear for women what the best uh, options are for her. So this tool was developed uh, in response to that and to try and prevent any confusion and, and optimize that informed decision. Women in their 40s who live in B.C. can book a mammogram even when the decision aid tells them their risk of breast cancer is low. The women we spoke to can't do that because they reside in Ontario. I asked Dr. Marr about them. The message they seem to be getting is that women in their 40s, unless they're high risk, should just wait until they feel a lump and hope that it's not stage four. Perhaps that is. Um, I think that here in BC, again, we just want to make sure that any, any woman, even in their 30s, should start thinking about breast cancer, breast, breast health, um, and, and leading up um, through that decade to the 40s, um, hopefully that discussion uh, and informing themselves will include talking to their doctor um, and, of course, thinking about their family, family risk factors, uh, as that might modify their own uh, breast cancer risk. But um, we hope that, that at least that thought process begins in that, at that age so that by the time they reach the 40s that they will make that informed decision to screen or not. We know uh, from the task force that they feel their evidence is solid. But critics say they've ignored studies that demonstrate that screening women in their 40s saves lives. What do you say about that? that they're following their particular guidelines and how they evaluate the evidence. Um, I think I'm hopeful that um, you know more evidence will just keep coming, uh, that that will add more clarity to the benefits and limitations to all age groups. But I think in particular we're focusing on that 40-year-old um, age group in this discussion. One of the reasons the task force updated their guidelines was, as you've said, to give women more choice and a chance to weigh these options. The task force says that if you want a mammogram before 50, talk to your doctor and make a shared decision. Um, you can only speak to, to BC. What's your sense of how often patients and doctors actually engage in those conversations here? Um, well, of course, we hope that it's uh, regularly. Uh, we know that, for example, the decision aid that we've talked about um, gets used about 3,000 to 3,500 times um, a year. So we hope that's a reflection of um, at least that we're making people aware that it exists, uh, but it's also a reflection of um, how important um, breast health is in this discussion that women should be having with their providers. The decision aid Dr. Marsh showed me has one big omission. It doesn't include some significant acquired risk factors for breast cancer like obesity, alcohol consumption, and exposure to estrogens. Dr. Marr admits they're important. So we can't change the fact that we've had a relative who's had uh, breast cancer, but we can change things in our lifestyle. Uh, so that's very, uh, that's very exciting. Uh, and the other thing is that these factors can also have other health benefits beyond breast cancer risk. We saw a study published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal in, in just the past week uh, saying that, that uh, there are rising rates of cancer in men and women under the age of 50, and in women, one of the top of the list would be breast cancer because of some of those modifiable risk factors that you're talking about. Um, why not include those in the screening instrument? 
of deciding, you know, suppose you have a woman who has no family history, but she's obese, she drinks yeah. alcohol, she had a prolonged period of exposure to estrogen. Mm -hmm. uh, should she be worried that she might have uh, breast cancer? In terms of actually numerically sort of uh, having a woman enter, you know, um, weight or body mass index, uh, alcohol intake, we haven't looked at that. It's an interesting idea. We certainly um, provide links beside the, the one for the decision aid to talk about those, but we haven't been able to produce them specific to that individual. Um, so we're, we think this is a, a valuable direction to head in terms of guiding both patients and the providers and how to have a complete discussion of all the risks. Given the fact that 20% of the women who, have, who get breast cancer are in their 40s, and that includes mortality, um, sh should they be a high priority? Well, yeah, and again, that's reflected in our efforts to make sure that, they, that these women at least consider their risk uh, and make it avail make screening available to them if they so choose. Letting women know they have a choice is important. But back at the Rose Ages Breast Health Center in Ottawa, Dr. Jean Seeley says there is something else women need to know. Women get breast cancer in their 40s. This is the, the, the message that I want people to remember. Uh, and women who get breast cancer in their 40s can die from it. It's the most common cause of cancer death in the 40s. She worries that message isn't conveyed through the current guidelines because they're nearly silent on what women in their 40s should do. Dr. Seeley is not silent on that. So yes, they should be examining their breasts or should note any changes. And I would say they should know their breast tissue density. They should get a mammogram. It's the only way they can, they can find out what their density is. And they should know their risk. And if they have a high risk for breast cancer, they should be advocates for themselves to get screened regularly. And if they live in a province where they can't get a mammogram as part of a screening program, what, sh what should they do? They should ask for a screening mammogram outside of the screening program, which is available to them in any province. Lucy Van Olden-Barneveld says she doesn't want her sister Tracy to be a silent statistic. Why I'm talking to you today is because I've had this nagging question about the role of mammograms. Because I heard the messages too. Don't bother in your 40s. But I can't help but wonder what would have happened if Tracy got one earlier. Uh, I think about her countless times a day. And so many things uh, in my life remind me of her, especially her daughter, when I see her every day. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty unbelievable pain to miss somebody like that. But I'm not the only one. I know other people go through tragedies. And um, so you just find a way to carry on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for speaking with me. All right. Thanks very much, Brian, for doing the show. That's our show for this week. We'd like to hear about your experiences. If you're in your 40s, have you and your doctor had a conversation about screening and breast cancer? If you're a GP, what are you saying to your patients? Write to us at cbc.ca slash whitecoat. Our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. I'm on Twitter at NightShiftMD, and the show is at CBC Whitecoat. We're also on Facebook. If you've missed any of our program, you can subscribe to our podcast at subscriptions.cbc.ca or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to listen live or on demand, make sure you download the CBC Listen app. And if you're looking for the latest in health news and analysis, subscribe to Second Opinion, 
the weekly newsletter from CBC's Health Unit at subscriptions.cbc.ca. This week's show was produced by Sujata Berry with help from Jeff Goods, digital producers Ruby Buiza and Jonathan Orr, and the rest of our digital team. Our senior producer is Donna Dingwall. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.